to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. My name is Angela Mondor, also known as the Geeky Girl. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about some amazing things to help you get over overgiving. Welcome. Today, I want to talk to you about something really cool. And back to our whole concept of neurodiversity and building our businesses so that they are what we want them to be. Sometimes it can be a really clouded, difficult space to be in when we're thinking about how we should build our business or what we should be doing. And a lot of times we're comparing ourselves with neurotypical people or people who have found a way to fit into those neurotypical roles, um, maybe suppressing some of what's going on for them in a neurodiverse way. I have found that by trying to squish myself into that particular mode, model, space, you know, round, uh, round peg, square hole kind of thing, it doesn't work for my brain. It doesn't help me at all. And I know uh, in speaking with all of the people that I have, uh, people I've worked with, um, it is actually quite detrimental to neurotypical, or sorry, to neurodiverse people to try to stick into that neurotypical mindset. So today I want to talk to you about the fact that we all think differently. Even as a neurotypical person, they have their own quirks too. So to think that we're so far out of norm, um, I think sometimes that holds us back too. So I encourage you to understand that you and I may have a similar diagnosis, but it's possible that I might think differently than you. And a lot of that comes from what we've done in our past or what has led us to this position, um, our life experiences, when we've learned about our diagnosis, that kind of thing. One of the things that's important to understand is I, yes, I have ADHD. That is what I have been diagnosed as. I also have a comorbidity called, oh, here we go, OCPD, which is Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder. The comorbidity happened because I didn't find out I was an, somebody with ADHD until I was in my 30s. It also occurred because I was required to behave a certain way while I was growing up. In, in that life experience and having to behave a certain way, having ADHD was not a way that would allow me to behave in the manner in which I was expected. So OCPD allowed me to be able to compartmentalize or to put things in places um, and allowed me to function the way that I was asked to, <laughs> made to. One of the things that is very valuable, um, you know, as somebody with ADHD, a lot of times we can have the, there, there's a, a piece of our diagnosis or a piece of what happens to people with ADHD um, where we literally have the inability to see something that is put away. So if you take things and you put them into a drawer and you close the drawer, the object permanence piece of an ADHD brain is typically that doesn't exist anymore. With my OCPD, what it hit, what that did for me was it allowed me to say, this box, these things belong in this box. For example, if I if the keys to the vehicles slash house are not in the key bowl, I can't find them. I can think of multiple places where they might be. I typically will be almost too anxious when I'm looking for them that I'll overlook them if I even look past a desk um, to find them. So I need the keys to be in the key bowl. 
That is just a piece of who I am. But that is not the same or typical for most ADHD people. So it's important to remember that we all will think differently about the things in our lives based on the experiences that we have. My experiences and your experiences are completely different. And that's going to really impact the way that you choose to handle whichever diagnosis that you've been given. And so one of the things that I think is really important is to embrace your strengths. So identify what your strengths are. I know that my strengths are that everything has a place and every place has a thing. That's a strength for me because I know exactly where everything is and I need to embrace that and build on it and use it more. You want to take it to your advantage. When you have something as a strength, it's important to say, this is what I'm really good at. So therefore I need to embrace it, to foster it, to grow it, to really bring that to fruition for you. Whatever your strengths are, really spend a lot of time dealing with those. Spend a time honing them. Make those things better for you. So let's say, for example, you have a, a, a really good sense of attention to detail. And you use this to excel in your job, in your business, and it's really good for me because it gives you precision and accuracy accuracy in your job or in your business. Those, those are things that you take for granted, okay? When you start to realize or self-realize what those things are, now you can start to hone them. Now you can start to make them bigger, greater, grander than what you had before. It becomes a huge asset for you. Now, a lot of us with neuro neurodiversity have the ability to kind of, I would obsess is the wrong word, but really hone in on something. And we can choose to hone in on something positive or we can choose to hone in on something negative. So I'm encouraging you to hone in on the positives of these things. When you're identifying what the strength is, sometimes it's helpful to reflect and think about yourself. Other times it's important for you to work with um, a mentor or coach or someone else is going through something similar as you. A lot of times other people outside of our own brains will be able to help us see what those are faster or more efficiently than we can. Um, simply because we think we're just like, oh, everybody else thinks that way. And which is not the case. We're not thinking that way altogether. People generally aren't thinking the same way we are. So when you're looking for these items and you find out what those strengths are, look for opportunities inside your business to really use these uh, to grow your business, to strengthen your business. And then when you do come across something that's not quite a strength, we've got other tools for that one. Okay. Seek out roles that involve those strengths or seek out ways where you can grow those inside your own business and looking for projects that align with those things. You know, if, if you're a really good public speaker and that's fantastic for you, but you really don't do well writing, then why torture yourself with the writing? Do more speaking, do more video. Um, just because you think you have to do something doesn't mean to say you do. So think about the way that you can work towards your own strengths to make things better for you and also still get your message across. You want to build a support support system, right? Having the right people around you. As much as it's important for us to have the right bums and the right seats inside your business and in your team, you also need the right bums and the right seats to surround you so that you can grow and develop and have a way to bounce things off each other. You know, we've probably heard the saying that 
Um, you you are the five. You are like the five people you surround yourself with. And that is true. Um, I like to make sure that I surround myself with people who are thinkers. Um, I want to be able to be challenged. I don't necessarily need you to have the same views that I do. I do, however, love to have somebody who maybe has a different view than me, but is also willing to discuss their different view. I don't want your view shoved down my throat, and I don't want to shove my view down your throat. I would much rather us have a communication back and forth where the two of us share how we feel. Um, but I really feel that helps me grow. I think that that helps me become a better human being to be able to understand other people's experiences. And so the surrounding myself with the support system is not just about finding people who are going to yes ma'am me. I want people who challenge me too. And that's important to me. It might not be true for you, but for me, that's what works for me. So finding out what it is that you need in that support system. Is it a one-on-one -on -one mentor? Do you need a group program? Um, do you need a, a, a counselor? Somebody like that. There's lots of different ways that we can find support. Is your spouse supportive? Is your family supportive? And if your spouse or your family are not supportive, then maybe stop sharing with them. I know it sucks, but it's true. Think about what it is that what what it is that you need and who you need to surround yourself with and go from there. Because people who are going to help you and guide you also need to be supportive of you. Because if you surround yourself with people who aren't supportive, they might support and guide you right out of your business, or they might support and guide you right out of your happiness. Those are the things that I don't want you to have to experience. So you wanna invest in those strengths, take time to invest in yourself and also attend you know, courses or anything else that can help to like really build up your strengths. That's really, really important. Um, some people might like to read books. You might like to read audio, read, listen to audiobooks, um, podcasts. There's lots of different ways that we can garner information from this place. We are in a time when information is everywhere. And I know this dates me, but it it brings true the importance because uh, in all honesty, if I wanted to know something when I was much younger, there was really only one avenue. I had to go to a library. And then maybe I found something that was written in an encyclopedia or something else, but it was dated. The information was only as good as the date it was printed. And who knows how long it was that it had been written before it was printed. I didn't even know that as a kid. I know now how long it takes to create something, edit it, and print it. So even the date of the item is probably at least a year old by that point. Now we can have a cornucopia of information from all over the world that can be disseminated and torn apart and, and analyzed um, live. And that is such a gift. So when you're looking at saying, I'm really good at this and I want to get better, Find out what works for you and then find a way for you to find that information so that you can do that. It's important to be mindful that not everyone is good at everything. And although we might have bits and pieces about ourselves that we can do, doesn't mean to say we should. Okay, I'll, you'll hear me say this a lot. Just because I can doesn't mean to say I should. When I was working corporately, I uh, one of my jobs, a lot of my jobs, was ads moves changes on um, IP phones, uh, fixing computers, running network cables, network support, that kind of thing, all the IT stuff. I did a lot of that in my career, along with building teams and managing and growing teams and that kind of thing. And if you brought me a computer that was broken, could I fix it? Probably. 
Just because I can doesn't mean to say I should. It brings me no joy anymore. It used to. It used to be something I really, really enjoyed, but I don't anymore. So even my own computers, I make sure that I have warranty on them so that somebody else can fix them because it doesn't bring me the joy it used to bring me. And that's important. Just because you can doesn't mean to say you should. So it's okay to have strengths and weaknesses, but it's really important for you to think about what those are, what are you good at, and then use them to your advantage. The next piece of that is knowing what you're good at, right? Knowing what your strengths are, that's really important. But how can you accommodate for your challenges? Sometimes this is difficult to think about, or not just to think about, but sometimes it's hard to embrace because we don't want to really look at the things we're not good at, or we don't want to see the challenges necessarily. But it is important to understand them just like the strengths are. And sometimes we have a challenge or a weakness that we can't do anything about at the moment. It's possible that you have a challenge or weakness that you can't offload right now. You can't outsource. You don't have the money. You don't have whatever it is. You can't get it out of your system. However, you still need to do those things. Okay. So let's say you have a hard time with having a lot of projects on the go. Some people might call that multitasking, but I can honestly tell you that multitasking really doesn't exist. If you're multitasking, if you're working on one thing and then switching your brain to another and then switching your brain to another and switching your brain to another, you're actually hurting yourself because every time you have to switch from one task to another, your brain literally, there's been a study on it. Your brain literally has to go, okay, hold on a second. I'm switching over to this one. Okay. So I'm switching over to this one. So now I have to get in the headspace of this thing. How long does that take? And then, okay, now I'm going to start working on this thing. So by switching back and forth all the time, what you're actually doing is slowing down the process of getting it done. Something people might say, oh, I'm a really good multitasker. Um, And maybe it feels good to them. But in all honesty, if they moved away from that methodology um, and they actually worked on a task until it was completed or worked on a task until it could be, you know, until you get to the end of that piece of the task, because a lot of our tasks, there's multiple pieces of the tasks, right? So if you do this piece and you're able to walk away and it's, it's, it's better for you. However, if you have a hard time managing a lot of projects, which is different than multitasking, um, maybe you need help by somebody, maybe a mentor or a coach to help you break it down into smaller pieces. Remember I said, we have the tasks that we have aren't always just make this phone call. Sometimes it's write this post. And in order to write this post, you have to figure out the title and then you have to find um, the outline for it. And you have to find the uh, bits and pieces that are going to support it, right? Your your research on it, that kind of thing. And then you have to write the post. After you write it, you have to edit it. You see where I'm going? So if you have a lot of projects on the go and you're feeling overwhelmed because you're not really good at breaking those out, you might need someone to help you to say, hey, hold on a second. Show me what you're working on. Let me help you break this into smaller chunks to make it easier for you. You could be the opposite where you're really good at those things, right? But knowing what it is that you're having trouble with, sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. But having a coach or a mentor there with you where you can say, this is something that's driving me nuts. Why? Finding the answer to why you're having challenges with any one particular thing. Because once you've broken that, if if this is your thing, and once you've broken that down into manageable pieces, now it's so much easier to say, oh, I just need to do this right now. Oh, done that. Now I can check that off. It always feels good to check things off. Oh, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Okay. You can have tools 
that can help you, whether that's calendars that are physical or digital, uh, to-do lists, maybe project management systems that can help you manage all of the tasks that you need to get done all the time, reminders, uh, time blocking. There's so many different ways that can help you inside your business and in your brain to organize things, right? Now, just because you've tried one thing, I know lots of people say to me, ah, time blocking doesn't work. But it's possibly that there, there are lots of different ways to time block, let's be honest. First of all, there is like the major, there's a major way and it's very neurotypical in which they time block, works really well for neurotypical brain. As neurodiverse, we kind of have to tweak it a bit. So just because you've tried one way to time block doesn't mean to say that time blocking will never work for you. Try a different way, okay? Um, definitely reach out if you want some more information because we've done some of this um, and use different value systems on how to um, time block is open your brain to a little bit different things. But text, text to speech, like these kinds of tools, technology can be really amazing. Artificial intelligence, we've been talking about, I know you guys have probably heard chat GPT, like it's one of those things that everybody's like, oh my God, this thing. It has been around for a little while. There's other companies, but ChatGPT has been fantastic. Um, and that has helped to clear some mind blocks for people who maybe get stuck in writing. And this way it allows them to be able to say, ah, oh, I want to talk about this, but I'm stuck. And it allows them to be unstuck in what they're doing. Or maybe they write something and they're like, oh, this is missing something, but I'm not sure what it is. Being able to drop something like that into an AI system and say, hey, could you write this in a different way for me? Um, those things can help to overcome some of the challenges that maybe you might be having. If you're having trouble with writing, it's certainly a great tool. Um, you can create a predictable, repeatable routine if that's something that works for you too. Some people really thrive on a predictable routine. Other people hate it, uh, depending on how your brain specifically works. I don't like a, and this is funny, if you were to look at my calendar from week to week, it is somewhat predictable in how it's structured, but not in how it's done, okay? So I like the knowing on how certain days are handled. I like knowing how they're set up, but I still like the flexibility inside them. How does that work? So for some people, they want everything laid out from, I get up at 6.45, I... Uh, have breakfast, I work out, I have a shower, I write in my journal, like some people like to have it like that. I'm not like that. However, I do like to have my my meetings with my clients in the mornings. So Monday through Thursday, I've got client meetings in the morning, or I have space for client meetings in the morning doesn't always, my clients don't always need all that time. And then on Fridays, there's no client meetings at all it allows me to decompress after the week and get the things I need to get done before Monday comes around again, it gives me a nice weekend, right? In the afternoons is when I work on things for my business. I'm recording this in the afternoon because this is an afternoon task, not a morning task. So you looking at what a schedule looks like for you. Yes, my schedule is a routine and it is similar. It's structured a certain way, but it's not always the same. Okay, so find out what that what works for you. Try a few things. Try the morning routine and see if that works for you. It didn't for me, which is fine and, and great, but it does work for some people. So don't discount it because it hasn't worked for some people, but also allow yourself to be able to say, mm, that does or doesn't work for me, okay? And tweak it. Just because this is working for me now, doesn't mean to say it's gonna continue working me forever, okay? I used to take client meetings in the afternoon because at the time, 
that worked better for my brain. And so I now I switched it to the morning. I switched to the morning just before summer last year. And it is working so much better for my brain. I really appreciate it. Mostly because when I have an appointment on the books during the day, my brain is so stuck on, I have a call coming. I have a call coming. I have a call coming. I become less productive because I'm stuck in this mindset of, I can't forget. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. Takes up too much brain space. Now, instead, my meetings happen in the morning. And then once the meetings are over, I, I know my, oh, my meetings are over. Fantastic. Now I can go work on other things. And I can get into a hyper-focused space. I love my hyper-focus. It's one of the things I love most about my ADHD is my hyper-focus. But it allows me to be able to get into a hyper-focused moment without having to worry that I'm going to miss somebody's call. Okay? So find what works for you. What, what is it that is going to help you become the best you possible? That's what's really important. And again, we're, we need to make sure that you're supported by the right people, that you have... Uh, people who can give you the right advice. Maybe you're like, I want to create so this, that, and the next thing, but I don't know how. Do you have a support person, a mentor, a coach, somebody who can help you to build that for you? Or somebody who is maybe a VA or an executive assistant, somebody who can actually build it for you. Those are the things that are really, really important. So the other thing is that I talked briefly about you know, counseling before. P counseling can be really, really helpful for you. If you're trying to work through something and you're not really sure how it's coming about or where it's come from, sometimes counseling can be really helpful. Working with someone who specializes in neurodiversity can be very helpful. There's also some types of practices that are different. So there are different types of therapy. You've got talk therapy, but then you've got rapid eye therapy. Um, there's RMT. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of therapy. And so just because one doesn't work doesn't mean to say they all don't work. Again, same thing. Find what's right for you and what's going to help you to move your business to where you want it to go so that you're not overwhelmed, you're not stressed. The more honing I do of my business to my brain, the better I am, the better my experiences my clients have with me, the more money I make, the less time I have to work. It all flows together, I promise you. <laughs> so everyone's different. Even if you're a neurotypical, you're going to think a little differently than your neighbor. So making sure that you're bringing these things into your business and you're bringing what's important to you into your business is what's really going to be important. The way that you work in your environment is also important can't tell you. I have, so part of my ADHD, of course, with ADHD, there's always the, the concept of um, being distracted, right? Everybody always says it's squirrel syndrome. One of my uh, major distractions is sounds. So if I'm sitting here working and it's quiet, I do, I do appreciate quiet, but if it's quiet, but then I hear somebody walk up my front steps, they don't even have to knock on my door. I don't have bells because of the dogs, but they don't even have to knock on my door for it to interrupt my brain to say, I've got to go find out what's happening at the front door. Um, when I'm cooking or cleaning and the family's home with me, um, I need to be really, really cautious because um, if I hear something go on, it'll distract me from doing the work that I'm doing. So how do I combat that? One of the things is I have these loop earbuds. They're not here. They're actually in another room right at the moment because I needed them over there yesterday. Um, but they're fantastic. They're just these little tiny earbuds. They just go inside your ears. They kind of look like a wireless 
uh, earphone, but they're much smaller than what they would be as a wireless earphone. Um, and all they do is they bring the decibel down. You can still hear people around you as long as they're not whispering. My family likes to tease me and just whisper around me, knowing that I have them on. I give them a, I give them trouble, but um, they like to try and be funny a bit. But if people are talking at a normal rate, you can still hear them, which is great for parents because you can still hear your kids, but the screaming doesn't quite get you on edge. Um, noise can overwhelm me. Uh, noise can impact me emotionally and noise can distract me. So having those is really important. When we go shopping, grocery shopping, I always take them with me because there's a chance that, you know, it could be noisy where we are and I put, I can put them in my ears. Um, going to physio. Um, when we're in physio, when I'm at physio, you just have curtains separating you so you can hear all the noise everywhere. And I'm sitting there with a hot pack for 20 minutes trying to read my book. And if I can hear other people talking, there's no way I'm going to be able to read. These things help me. When it comes to cooking and cleaning, typically I will put my actual Bluetooth earbuds in and listen to an audiobook or listen to a podcast or something so that I'm engaged in something outside of the work I do because I really don't like cleaning and I don't like cooking. So if I'm engaged in something that I'm enjoying, but I'm also not being distracted by the noise, I can get things done. So think about your working environment, what that looks like to you. Sometimes you have complete control of your environment and sometimes you can't. Um, I have an office. The whole room is probably maybe 10 by 10. Um, and it used to be sort of a sanctuary to me until COVID happened. And then it became a bit of a jail cell, to be honest, um, because I couldn't work anywhere else. Pre-COVID, I used to work in my office and then I could pick up my laptop and I could go to another room and go work there for a little while. And I could pick up and go somewhere else. Um, with COVID, everybody was home, so I couldn't do that as much. So it's now coming around where my office is starting to feel more of a homey place again. Uh, it becomes more of where I want to be. So think about what you have control over in terms of your environment what works for you, what doesn't, um, you know, obviously having the right light, what kind of distractions, like maybe listening to music is important to you. So can you do that where you're at? Or do you need to have headphones for that? Um, you want to look at what are your needs, but what kind of environment is going to work best for you to support your needs so that you can create those kinds of things for yourself. Um, years and years ago, one of uh, sounds wasn't as distracting to me as um, visual so if I was working and I saw somebody pass by, then I would be distracted by the seeing them. Or if I was working and I saw a piece of paper that was like, oh my gosh, I got to deal with that. That was more distracting for me. Um, that was my kids were little at the time. And I would literally work at night after they went to bed. I would go into my office and shut off all the lights. And all I could see was the monitor. Um, so you got to look at what is it that is going to distract you and how can you mitigate that situation, right? And, you know, uh, communicate your needs to the people that you are living with around or um, working around as well. One of the things that worked really well for me is on my door to my office, there's actually a, um, it's just a little um, frame and it's got a little uh, thing on the top that you can squish and stick something in. 
it's called. <laughs> um, but basically, I was able to put little signs there. So I'd have a sign that says, um, I'm working, uh, please knock before coming in, or I'm on a video call, please send me a text message, those kinds of things. So people who still wanted, my children, who still wanted to communicate with me, they would have, there was a boundary there. They knew exactly what I needed. Sometimes I know that some of my clients don't have the ability to have a door on where they're working, um, but instead you can put a sticky note on the top of your monitor that says working right now. Um, if it's just your spouse, they can look at that and say, okay, they're just working right now. I'll come back later. Um, but you need to be able to communicate your needs with the people around you and help them to understand what you need. Um, and then that helps you to accommodate your needs, okay? You can use technology um, as well. So there's lots of different ways to do it. Obviously, I've talked about my loop earbuds. Um, there are no, I do have a pair of noise canceling earphones as well that I do use sometimes. Um, there could be you know, a specific playlist that you need, or maybe you need um, one of those, uh, there's apps on the internet that can actually shut your computer down so you can only use these windows at during these times. Like there's so many different ways to help you, especially when it comes to distractions. Um, again, the support, finding a community or group of people who are going through similar things to you and they can help maybe give you some ideas of things that they've tried and you can try those things and see if those work for you. So identifying your needs and experimenting with them and then don't don't think just because you found an answer today, it's going to last for the rest of your life. You may have to adjust your your things throughout the time um, when when it no longer works for you. You might need something a little different, right? We adapt as we grow. So I know I've talked about this a lot, but it's so, so important is that seeking out support and finding resources for yourself is one of the most important things um, that you can do. It really it is so important that I want this to be a whole conversation and there are lots of different resources available and there's lots of support groups available what's important to know is that whether it is a course you're taking a book you're reading an audio book whether it's a podcast whether it's a group program or a one-on-one -on -one program just because it works for someone doesn't mean to say it's going to work for you Okay. And just because they offer 500 things to do doesn't mean to say you have to do all 500. You might find that three work out of those 500 for you. So always be mindful. We talked about this earlier, but making, right? Finding out what are your strengths? What are your challenges? Finding out what's important for you. All those things are going to be important when you start looking for support and resources. And the way people support you are going to be different. Some people will support you one way, and then there's another kind, another person will support you a different way. What is it that you need? And this may be a hard question because, again, you don't know what you don't know. But be um, honest with yourself. When you do go into a program, if it's not right for you, please don't feel bad leaving. It's not about them. It's about you. It's about what you need. And so if it's not working for you, they encourage you to say, this isn't great. I need to move on to something else. And that doesn't mean whether it's a coach, a mentor, um, a counselor, even it could be that just the way that they talk isn't the way that works for you. Okay. Always making sure that you're making accommodations for yourself, but also making accommodations with your clients. Um, my clients know that sending it, that calling me on the phone randomly during the day is not great for me. 
Sometimes it frustrates them. And I understand that. Um, I understand that they would rather just get on the phone and talk to me. But for me, when I stop in them, it's like multitasking for me. If I stop to answer a call, I have to get into a headspace for it. And if I'm not in the right headspace, then maybe they're not going to have a great experience with me. Not only that, on a phone call, I can't guarantee that I'm going to take the best notes or that I'm going to be able to have the right things to follow back on. I have systems in place so that I can make sure that I have the best customer experience on the planet. And I know that sometimes my clients are frustrated that they can't just get on the call with me, but they know that coming in. Okay. That's an accommodation that they know doesn't work for me. They've been told that this is how the system works. This is how we do business. Um, and it can be frustrating for them. And I, I appreciate that. And I do let them know that I appreciate that it's frustrating for them. But in all honesty, I want them to have the best experience on the planet. So the best way to do that is for me to make sure that I'm in my best place for them. So sometimes it might be painful for other people to have to deal with your accommodations, but at the end of the day, giving them the best experience is what matters. So again, the technology, there's all kinds of different technology that can help you, whether it's books or tools, software, those kinds of things. Very, very important. Um, you know, connecting with a mentor or coach, we've covered that a couple times, but it's really important. Seeking out those support and resources that'll help you to succeed and be the best you you can possibly be. When you do get to a point where you start honing in on these things, you will feel amazing. You will feel less overwhelmed in your day-to-day -day life. You will enjoy going and doing things you do inside your business more than you ever thought you would, even though it's something that you know you'd enjoy. Keeping these resources and making sure that you're looking after yourself will give you a much better experience than trying to squish yourself into a box you don't need to be in. The last thing I wanna to talk to you about is some of the technology tools that have been really helpful for my brain. And like I said, you may not like all of them, maybe you don't like any of them, but there might be one or two here that you really like. So I wanna tell you about a few of them. Um, obviously, Text-to-speech, most of our phones are doing that for us already. Google certainly does it for us. Really, really important. Um, Google will actually read you text. In fact, Google will read you photos now. Um, and you can copy text from the photo in Google now. Um, so Google's really getting much smarter about those kinds of things. Um, working with um, a Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you've heard of Pomodoros before. Typically it's working for this length of time and then having a break. Working for this length of time and then having a break. Break. Really good for a neurodiverse brain. Uh, certainly is great for my ADHD brain because my brain needs the space to breathe in between getting things done. So there are some other tools um, from technology standpoint. One is Smarter Q. So I'll drop those. I'll drop all these in the notes down below for you. But SmarterQ is great for being able to create social media content that goes out in an evergreen manner without having to deal with it all the time. So one of the, my roles years ago was to be a social media manager. And every month we'd have to come up with what we're doing and which blog posts we were highlighting. And we'd have to put all these things in there over and over and over again, the same, the same, the same. Now, when I do a blog post and I upload it to SmarterQ, I upload the link to the blog post with... Um, I think it's five images and four different ways of saying it. It gives me 20 posts overall that it automatically puts out um, in a recurring way, which is beautiful. That has saved me so much brain power. I can't even tell you. It really is so amazing. ClickUp is a piece of software that is a project management software. 
which I actually am a vetted consultant with ClickUp, actually. Love to help businesses set that up. It's a project management system, but it also encompasses your whole business. You can literally put your whole business together um, to look after everything from how you create your blog posts and how you do your podcast stuff to how do I serve my clients and what do I need to do for them and how do I manage all the things that are happening in my business, whether it's, you know, the legal stuff or the admin stuff, that kind of thing. Absolutely phenomenal uh, piece of software and every day it's getting better. So it's great. Another piece of software is another AI software that I use. It's called Make. I've heard of Zapier. Make is so much better in my opinion. Generally speaking, um, Zapier says, here's your data and here's the three things I'll let you do with it. Make, on the other hand, goes, here's your data. What would you like me to do with it? It is so much more robust um, and I can make I can make the data dance. And that's something I love to do. It is my circle of brilliance to play with data, let's just say. Active Campaign has been a great tool for us for a long time as well, um, helping us to be able to send out newsletters or uh, send out onboarding things for clients who have signed up for uh, things that we have from product perspective. HoneyBook has been great to look after our initial lead process and also to create uh, proposals and documents uh, for people to sign to do business with us. LastPass. Oh, there's some debate, but I still love LastPass. It has been great for sharing passwords. I love that I can share a password with people um, and then I can see who I've shared it with in the past, those kinds of things. Um, and then one of them that is good for business, but it's also really good for my brain is SmugMug. So I have used SmugMug since before it was SmugMug. It was fanfare in the very beginning and then it changed to something else and now it's SmugMug. I've, I've been with them for years. At the end of the day, whatever pictures I take with this device, they automatically get uploaded to um, a folder in my smug mug. Same with my husband. As soon as a picture is taken, it gets uploaded. Um, they sync there. I never have to worry about a picture be being missing or gone, um, losing them because my hardware fails. Um, that is has been a beautiful thing for us as a family. And we've got everything back from... Um, We've got even family history there. I think ours go back to at least 1960, um, things that we've got from family history stuff as well. So um, the thing that I love most about that smug mug is the fact that I never have to worry that my pictures are going to get accidentally deleted or that um, I won't have to, I don't have to back them up somewhere. I know they're being backed up. So that's really, really important. All that to say, find the tools that work best for you. Find things that are amazing for you that saves you some brain space. Because the less the less things we have rattling around here, the more space you have for current present items. The more you can live in your current present moment, right? Being present is a gift, it totally is. The more time you can spend here, the more relaxed you can be and the more room that you have for um, the flexibility, the growth, and the creativity that you would require in order to grow your business to something else where you're trying to get it to. So understanding your own neurodiversity and utilizing these strategies that we talked about will help you succeed in your business, in your life, because it's going to help you everywhere when you do these things. And remember to be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. Recognize that it's okay for you to ask for accommodations or that it's okay for you to say, these are my boundaries. It's nothing to be ashamed of. 
And it's also important to find a community of supporting people that can help you understand what you're going through. Finding support and advice by embracing and utilizing because we can utilize our neurodiversity to our benefit, you can achieve amazing success that's tailored to your own unique strengths and your challenges. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. Your support means the world to me. You can find show notes for this episode and other goodies at overgiversanonymous.ca. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, why not join us in the Overgivers Anonymous Facebook group where you can connect with overgivers from all over the world. Head on over to geekygirl.ca slash group.